Hello and welcome to the DJ Force 10 In Conversation podcast, episode 197. And my very special guest on today's show is Jamie from the band Stay Asleep. They are a new band out of the Kingston area of the UK, uh, formerly Bright Light City, uh, which we talk about this in the interview and everything, but they've got a couple of great singles out right now. Um, they've got Pay to Play um, and a new one that's just dropped this week called Settled Status. So if you love your sort of like punk rock, hard rock, intellectual punk rock, if you will, um, go check it out. Absolutely fantastic songs and absolutely fantastic band as well. Um, just want to say thank you to everybody uh, that's been downloading the shows and listening to them and all that kind of stuff. The one last week we had, uh, they fell from the sky. We had Colin from there. And um, yeah, that was absolutely uh, brilliantly received by you guys. So thank you very much. And I'm going to continue every week bringing you new bands, established bands, all that kind of stuff. We've got a hell of a schedule coming up this month uh, and into the next month as well. So, um, yeah, stay tuned for that. Uh, But without much further ado, um, there's not much else uh, to say, really, at this point. But without much further ado, I bring you Jamie from the band Stay Asleep. Enjoy. like to welcome to my podcast today i have jamie from the band stay asleep welcome jamie oh. yeah thanks for having me absolutely my pleasure man how are you doing today yeah i'm good i'm cold <laughs> yes i'm good i'm good yeah. <laughs> it's a bit nippy here in uh yeah in this area of the world anyway um took the dog out yeah. this morning and it was like minus two or something silly crazy ridiculous um (laughs) uh, but we're here today to talk about your band stay asleep um before we uh sort of uh get into the sort of um nitty-gritty of it um can we get a bit of an origin story of of stay asleep because you are well i knew you under your i knew you under your previous previous guys yep um and you've come back as as stay asleep so i just want to get a bit of a story behind that yeah, sure. So um, previously we were in a band called Bright Light City. And in <laughs> fact, um, I was in a band with Justin, uh, who's my brother, the guitarist. And we played with uh, Zero Cypher back mm. in the day. <laughs> yeah, I was in a band called Year Zero back in the day. And we played oh, some gigs with you. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So yep. it's um, a, bit of a bit of a roundabout tour here, mate. But we're back in back in the zone now. Yeah, so we did, um, we had Bright Light City. We ran for about 10 years as Bright Light City. Yeah. Um, but you go through various kind of band members and changes. And ultimately, you know, the sound you're forging with newer members doesn't represent anything that came previously. Yeah. Uh, and you kind of want to, a fresh start is, is, is always a way to look at it. I think we took Brighter City to the point as far as we, we could do um, musically. Uh, and we just wanted to push the boundaries a bit more. And, and I think the best way to do that is just reinvent yourself and, uh, you know, emerge as something new rather yeah. than trying to ride off the back of a name. Um, so, yeah, then Stay Asleep, kind of we formed... Well, it must have been about a year ago we started demoing and recording stuff before lockdown. Yeah. Um, just after Bright Light City split up. And we just sat on the tracks um, just because we did. <laughs> How it gets when you get you get busy and you kind of, you, you, you want to get them out there, but you're kind of waiting for the right time. Yeah. Unfortunately, the right time never comes. When you're in a lockdown in the middle of a, a pandemic, the right time never comes. Nice. So we just said recently, let's just, let's just get them out. So Stay Asleep as a, as a kind of unit, as a band, I think personally was really uh, kind of uh, um, present more recently with the, with, with the pay-to-play single. Yes. We tested the water a little bit in July uh, with Speak, Lie, Repeat, which is the first single. Um, but 
there's things about that track that we love, there's things about it we'd like to do again. Mm. So that's kind of like just get out, test the water, uh, and then pay to play. We spent a lot of time on getting them to do the single up to, up to standards we were happy with. Yeah. Uh, and reaction's been good. I'm really pleased with how, how people responded to it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great single. I mean, I really kind of, I, I resonate with its message. Um, as as you've already mentioned, I mean, I've mentioned it quite often anyway, but with Zero Cipher, um, we were in that position of, of, of people contacting you, saying, hey, we're from here. If you do this, this, that. Yeah, exactly. We'll get you this. Um, yeah. Or with no guarantees, but it was always spend money. Um, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to like uh, uh, sugarcoat. We did pay for certain things, um, yeah. like getting on tours and stuff like that. Yeah. Back then, that was how it was done. That's how you sort of grease the wheels, and it was um, kind of guised as you paid for a portion of whatever equipment on that tour. So, in the tour, like one of the main tours we did, we paid for the tour bus for both bands. Yeah, yeah, so we shared this bus. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't a greatly. It was. It was. It was good for profile, but it wasn't a greatly mm. successful tour because the headlining band split up halfway through. All oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so ever since then, I've always been very hesitant on spending money, but we always got offered like various things. Like for mm. one, there was a big um, American band that were reforming with their original lineup and it was a tour across Europe and it was like 10,000 euros, but you had to get your own bus, your own accommodation you didn't get right. paid for those shows. I mean, you'd get your merch mm. and stuff if you did all right, but and you'd be playing to closed doors in some oh, place. Right. So you'd start your set while people were still outside. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> nah, nah. Even it was, you know, it would have been great to be on tour with the band like that was. I'm not going to mention names because they're still going now. But um, yeah, you know, it was, uh, yeah, and and like hearing this single and it just totally brought back everything from mm. that era because I'd kind of like been I've been out of the sort of band game for a little while and mm. uh, like coming back around and, and, and like getting those feelings again because I took care of Zero Cipher's management side of things mm-hmm. and booking and all that kind of stuff so a lot like you guys we were very much like internal so yeah. we did a lot of it ourselves like all our albums were produced by us um, all the sort of like tours and everything we booked was apart from one tour we did with a booking agent which didn't work mm. out. Um, but everything I sort of did on the admin side of things. So like those emails and those messages and the message behind that song of, of, of pay to play and, and, you know, taking sort of like, as you put it, backhanders from the PRs and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I really felt cheeky. the frustration <laughs> with that. Um, yeah. And, and with, I mean, obviously that's where it kind of came, like it's obviously where it's came from. So with like Bright Light City and, and your previous guises and stuff, mm. you know, that that part of the industry doesn't feel like it's changed. Like since I was in it and now, is it still, because I'm not in that side of it. I've not been banned side of stuff. For, mm. um, where are we now? Probably about eight or nine years. Um, mm. I was mm. a, frontman for a band called victorian whore dogs um okay. for a couple of years and 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 like after zero cypher um and then i moved to america and then came back um right. but yeah no i've been out of that side i was just like because the industry has changed from the outside i'm looking at it from a journalistic mm. side as well like from my side mm. i see i see some similarities but i see a lot of it changing like the way we kind of like have to dis- distribute the music the way we promote the music um yeah. But that, that like, sort of like, you know, I can get you in front of certain record execs 
mm. and, and stuff like that. It doesn't feel like has, mm. that hasn't changed. Is that still something that's... Yeah, it still goes round. You, so you still get the odd email. Um, just, just, you know, blanket emails that go out. Yeah. Saying it's a certain, certain promoters, certain promotion companies, I'm not going to mention them. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they, they they send out emails all the time and they... they you know, you, when you're younger, like in a younger band, you'd look at it on the face value and you think, right, okay, it's, it's, it's this venue. It's, um, you know, it's, a, it's quite a prestigious venue. Yeah. Um, all we've got to do is sell a few tickets to mates uh, and then, then come and see us and it'll be a great gig. And, and the possibility of someone from X record label will be there or whatever. Um, but we all know the reality is that the only reason that those show, shows are put on is to make money out of and pro- profit from those bands. There's yeah. no other reason for it. The band does not get paid. It's great you're playing in front of your friends, brilliant, but they're not gonna, they're not gonna always buy your records and follow you around the country. Yeah. So it seems like a bit of a, an empty, um, an empty journey for for a band. Uh, it's, but we're lucky enough to be more experienced and and, and see that. But then pay to play is not just really about, although that is that that, that excerpt in the song where it is about you sell these tickets, yes. and you play to the record yeah. except, da, 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 da. But then, um, uh, the very first verse I reference um, streaming. I reference um, yep. filling buckets up from the stream, um, and it's like again, it's that it's that realization that where as musicians do we actually have the kind of means to to make a decent amount of money or a living from doing what we do and what we love? When do we actually get paid the the right amount that justifies the effort we put in? Yeah, um, and I don't know. I don't know where that's going to come from. I know you can you can obviously sell merch physical stuff yeah but then it shows how often do you really shift a lot of merch if you're not a big band it's very rare we still got bright like city lps that we, <laughs> that we pressed up i think justin's wife is like fed up with the, the sight of them yeah stacks of them because how often do you actually really shift decent amounts of merchandise unless you're established yeah yeah no yeah, that's so. that's that is that that was true back then and it is true now um and to make you feel a bit better there's a box above my head um <laughs> about that there we go yeah uh that yeah. has zero cyphers last album in it um okay. there's 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 little boxes everywhere full of these things um so yeah even sort of like oh fucking hell how far are we now 13 14 oof. coming up a while since splitting mm. um <laughs> and i've still got i've still it still hangs around you um yeah. and it follows you wherever you go because no one's gonna buy it and and like well they might i, I do occasionally get people say have you got any cds yeah. um normally i just say that they're, they're on ebay um because <laughs> people do have them but um yeah no i just it, it's it's it just that that side of it as well because i i've not like I said, I've been out of the band game for a while and the streaming side of things, the only side I see of it is through um, other musicians and how they mm. kind of tackle that, how they how they attempt to make money from that. Because obviously you've got mm. things like, um, like, like you say, selling merch is, is, is fine to a certain degree, but there's still that sort of outlay you've got to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that creation process and, and, and it kind of, it all racks up after a while, but obviously you know some bands are in fortunate positions where they can release something obscure like a cassette tape or something like that and, and sell it mm-hmm. out quickly but i don't know if anything is made on doing something like that um because like i said i've been out of this game for a while and and the way i get most of my music is through streaming uh these mm-hmm. days although i do get sent from people in the industry 
um, for like review and, and, and play on the show. I get sent concentration singles, whatever. Um, but I still, I do buy records as well. Um, yeah. I, I buy vinyl. Um, yeah. I've got like a box in front of me now I can see and it's got like, um, in that one, I think it's like Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons most recent albums right at the front there. Um, mm. And there's like, I've got seven inches from various independent bands and stuff as well in, in another box. So mm. I, I like to buy that that physical product, but I can see it being, I can see like you've got to be able to have that know of what your fan base want as well yeah there's there's definitely an element of that um but like you I'll, i mean I, I i do stream yeah there's, listen there's no there's no getting away from the fact that that's going to be there that is part of the mm. music industry setup now you cannot avoid that but i stream and i buy alongside that yeah so it's a bit like that back in the day when someone would give you like a mixtape or something and you'd listen to it or I'll give you a, a, a you know a couple of selections of track on a cassette going back in the day when yeah, we had cassettes. Go way back. Listen to that. <laughs> yeah, way back, exactly. But then but from hearing that, I'll go and buy the album. Yes. And I use I use streaming for the same purposes because they you know, I'm not blinker to the fact that we you can't avoid the avoid it being there. Um but I think the whole mechanism is completely wrong in the fact that it doesn't doesn't put the artist first. No. Um and I mean that's a huge issue, and you know it's it's been discussed in in, in you know in Parliament at the moment, yes. well, on, ongoing, hasn't it? Um yeah. So hopefully something will come of that. I don't think people realise though how little, you know, you get from a play or ten thousand players or twenty thousand players or whatever. It's it's yeah. it's minimal. Yeah. Um. So I just the whole song "Pay to Play" was really about yeah summarising everything you have to go through as a musician, and not only back when we were kind of when you were gigging on the scene. Um, nothing's really progressed further than actually streaming being at the forefront yeah um and musicians getting ripped off yeah because <laughs> we're the ones that take the risk because you obviously mentioned about your zero cipher records above your head yeah uh, and i mentioned about the brighter city lps that are in justin's house we made that we took that risk and that's a financial risk that we've taken no one high up in the industry is taking those financial risks no no one no. no one's going to, you know, back in the day was, you know, you, you, you hear about artist development deals. Yeah. Where there'd be, there'd be a, a, a pot of money. Um, you can go to a studio, record it as an artist, artist development deal. They'll try and develop your sound, put a record out for you possibly. Um, and you might get some sort of traction from that work. There's, there's no real lump investment going into bands. No. And that's why we set up the label as well. It's like, we don't, we don't promise bands that we sign on our label you know, advances or anything, but we promise them they'll get 100% back of anything they make on the streaming platforms. Because what's the point of us taking it? We want to kind of build a family of, like, musicians and create a scene that yeah. seemed to have died away a little bit, if you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing that kind of, like, back in, 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 in my time, in that there was a collective scene of bands that, that you know, like, th- this area we're in, the sort of Surrey-Hampshire mm-hmm. area, mm-hmm. Um, was quite a fertile ground for, for a lot of bands. I mean, we had... You know, uh, obviously the obvious ones, 100 Reasons, Ruben, um, Vex Red, um, yep. all those sort of bands were coming out of the area. Like they're the ones that kind of hit that almost, well, hit that next level. A lot of them hit that next level and went. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and, yeah. and just yeah. like the, the bands around us as well, like like when, when we put shows on together, like I used to put shows on, um, like before I was in Zero Cypher, uh, I was just like I was a fanzine writer and a, and a, and and end up being a, like a show promoter. Always paid mm-hmm. the bands, no matter what the turnout was. Um, I'd have like either local bands in, 
um, or like a touring act with local support, you know, that usual sort of thing. Um, yeah. And working with like, you know, I got help from from Barney uh, at the Westie, um, or he's no longer at the Westie, but Barney. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> he was a massive help to me when I started out as well. He was a fellow promoter, but he was mm-hmm. like, you know, we kind of, I don't know, I guess we bonded because we kind of share the same name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but he was really helpful, whereas like a lot of other promoters are like, are you stepping on my feet? You know, and whatever. But I wasn't doing yeah, what yeah. Barney was doing. I was putting on metal shows. He put on a lot of metal shows, but he also put on a lot of indie and punk shows as well and, and mm. stuff like that. So, um, And there was a collective scene of trying to sort of build this area up. And then I don't know what happened because I was in the scene. I was like part of it at that point, like in the band, and you kind of mm. don't see what happened but it kind of fell away mm. like a lot of the bands mm. obviously you know went their own separate ways um and then there there seemed to be a lot of like i don't know from my perspective a lot of like it felt i don't know if it's just paranoia or whatever but it felt there was a lot of negativity in yeah. there like there's no, a lot right. of bands that that felt like they they deserved a piece of that pie if that makes mm-hmm. sense um which yeah. is very detrimental to any scene because it's like you become selfish at that point you don't become yeah for you know for the collective love of art you become for yourself which i can understand some people if 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 money is their object then Mm. fine um but the only time i i really felt like like that sort of scene scene sort of like that that feeling was when i was in america uh i was in i was in tampa in florida and and there was a collective Mm. of of a scene there and bands were like national acts coming through they'd stack the bill with local bands um, but they'd all be helping each other sell tickets. It wasn't like, you know, opening bands, you have to sell 25 tickets. It was like, we gave all these tickets to the three support bands we booked. Collectively, they went out and sold them. So there were shows mm. together doing it. There were, you know, online doing it together yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. And I was just like, that's how it, that's how it should be <laughs> when it comes to a Definitely. scene. And, and yeah. obviously I know things change. You can't always have it the same, but it was just sort of like that, that, it gave me that kind of like feeling again of like, Oh wow. Mm. Cause I got involved in that. So I was like, obviously doing this and, and stuff like that in mm. there. Um, and getting to know these bands and things. And, and, and it was just really good. It was just like a genuine collective of, 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 you know, wanting to help each other. And some bands got deals out of it. Some didn't, but they continued to do the same thing, you know? Yeah. Um, cause they knew eventually either their time will come or, you know, they had that realization that maybe it wasn't meant to be. And, and, mm try something else yeah or, um, yeah and, and enjoy enjoy it and just you know I think the moment you start putting aside um the notion of success or being a yeah you know being a rock star or whatever the, <laughs> that's the moment that's the moment you can start enjoying it more i yeah. was um i was chatting to a friend of mine he's actually a completely different genre of music he's um he's a rapper mm. um he recently got in the top 20 of the official uk charts just off his own back Oh, wow. I was like, you know, it's an amazing achievement for him, you know, top 20 official album charts. Um, I, I said to him, like, you know, your mindset is brilliant. He's like, yeah, he said, well, I just realised that when I didn't have anywhere to fit in in the industry, I could just concentrate on myself. I think yeah. that's just brilliant. Just like, just just do do your thing. And I think that the, the whole, you know, the, when you're talking about creating scenes, that feeling that you're talking about that you had when you went to the States was the same thing we have when we do the nights at the Fighting Cox with the label. Yeah. Like, you step in that room, um, and you're just like, I always say, Justin, it feels like old, you know, the old days. It's just everyone's there to have a good time. Every yeah. band gets paid. Um, and it's, the atmosphere is amazing. And it just feels like the old 
those old days where I know I hate harking back to like <laughs> talking about <laughs> talking about nostalgia, but sometimes nostalgia is that whole reason is it's because it was a really good moment in time. Yeah, yeah. If anyone coming through who's um who's younger and and could experience those same feelings, then brilliant. I mean, yeah. you never forget those days, and um, you know, hopefully we can continue them. Yeah, well, definitely, definitely. I mean, I mean, with you guys doing doing it, obviously we just talked about pay to play, but you've got a couple of other singles coming out as well. Because by the time this comes out, I think your second one is just about to come out. Um, yeah. From what I remember of your thing, I think I read it down here. Seventh of April. Seventh of April. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, and that's um, settled status. Uh, mm-hmm. Is the name of the single. Um, do you want to do you want to take us to give us a little um, uh, taste of that? I mean, I've I've heard it. I like it. Yeah, sure. I get some yeah, of the message cool. in it. Um, yeah. What was your What was your sort of feelings behind that one? Um, um, so, Justin, uh, so my my dad and Justin, my brother, so our dad, um, came over from Sicily when he was sixteen. Yep. Um, he's now in his like mid to late seventies. Uh, anyway, when the whole Brexit thing kicked off, he obviously had um, it, well, it was obviously a mess to start with, <laughs> but. Um, you started having these these uh, whisperings, and, and and you could hear that people were getting letters about applying for right to remain. Yeah. Um, and it was like we thought, oh, you know, dad wouldn't. Dad's been here for longer than he's lived in his in, in Sicily. He's been here, you know, that that amount of time, sixty plus years. So that wouldn't come. He's contributed a lot. He obviously working here, raising a family here. Um, and lo and behold, he receives he receives a letter um, about him having to apply for his right to remain. It just blows your mind to think that, and I'm only going from personal experience because yeah. that's that's my dad. But people I work with, um, I mean, I work in education as well. You know, lucky enough to have a full time job, um, and people I work with are getting these letters. People like you know, my age and not not that much older are getting these letters, and actually, some of them can't can't stay and teach, and they have to go back to their you know their, their countries, and it's just like it just blows my mind, and it blows my mind to think that. When my dad got it, I'm like, well, he's like 70. He's like, come on, what is, what's he going to do? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> how's he going to go back? How's he going to go to Sicily? And, and I just didn't, I just couldn't, I couldn't work it out. So I just, like with anything like that, I just write it down and write, write a song about it. Yeah. Um, and hopefully it kind of strikes a chord with people. Um, it's by no means, you know, I'm not going to sit there and preach to people about decisions that they've made. I'm just going from personal experience. Yeah. And if my dad didn't get, you know, that settled status and the right to remain, I would have been fucking pissed off. Oh, pissed off. Yeah. I swear, sorry. No, you yeah, can. It's fine. I would have, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a small snippet of what's happening all around society in the UK today. Yeah. These families are getting these letters and these families are finding out that their mothers, sisters, brothers, whatever, can't stay here anymore. Yeah. It's, it's, it's absolute madness. I like... I mean, like, just to sort of like go. I mean, when I, when I listen to your song, I could. I, it's 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 all there, and it's. This is what I like about you guys. You have this kind of. Um, obviously, it's it's that. I'm not a massive fan of punk in general. Mm. Like, it's not my mm. genre. My genre was like new metal and stuff mm-hmm. back when I was mm-hmm. younger. Um, and and but you 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 guys, I can I can kind of well I can relate to the to what you're saying mm. so much at the moment, like. I think as I've kind of gotten older and, and formed my own views on the world compared to when I was younger, yeah. I was very much like, you know, whatever 
band was saying, you know, one minute science pitch shift or whatever, their sort of political sort of messages, oh yeah, fucking system. Um, <laughs> as I got older, you kind of mellow out a bit and you kind of, you know, yeah. you, you educate yourself a little bit more and, and, and you're a bit more wise to the world and everything. But that's what I really love about your, your, your lyrics and your guys' music. It, it just, I can relate to it so much. And, and it, it, like that, that, that song as well, it was just like, I mean, I've had friends with, with the same problem. They've had letters mm. or it's not a problem. A lot of them have got the, you know, right to remain. Yeah. Um, and, and it, it, it's, it's, it's just staggering because like you say, these people are in areas of work, what the, this country needs and what this country has been built on. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, and, you know, like in the education system, in the, in the, um, health system, things like that, these people like right now, we need these people. <laughs> yeah. And, and exactly. it, it's, it's just so, it's just so frustrating. I try and not, watch the news i try not you know not mm. avoid it but not absolve myself in it um mm. but it, you know because i see everything going on around me and the message you're getting from media is so different from what you're getting from life yeah. and you're just like what where is this you know what <laughs> not what is real but why why is everything rosy on here and uh, but it's not yeah. you can see that it's not um, no, you're right yeah and it's just if yeah uh, <laughs> yeah no you're right 100 percent. and it just it just it, it's not even the fact that you know a lot of people i do know were lucky enough to to be given permission to stay yeah, <laughs> yeah i know it's crazy isn't it the place the place they've lived their whole life near enough and the place where they've contributed massively yeah um but then you've got the it's not even though they had that permission has been granted people are just like oh yeah well they can stay yeah, of course, but it's the, it's the, the amount of stress they go through to get to that point. Yeah. Imagine not knowing if you actually had a place, you know, feeling completely misplaced from where you thought you were, where you belonged. That's, yeah. I mean, that's a, nothing, that feeling must be awful. And it, it's just like, if people could just see that and, and see that, 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 that what's been happening and what's going on. It's wrong. It's totally wrong. It, yeah, no, two ways about it. I've, I've, I've been through something similar. Like when I moved to the states, I had to go through getting a visa, mm. and there, and there is. I mean, it was. It took a year to get what we needed, um, and eventually, yeah, I did get it. So you know, mm. it turned out right. But you're right. The stress, the mm, strain, exactly. the the questioning, the 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 money that you have to spend to do that. You know, it mm. was me and my two kids. Um, because my, my wife, um, was born in the States. She mm. has dual citizenship. So she's got one, she's got, she's got a passport for here and passport for there. And so she didn't need a visa. So, which is fine. Uh, we didn't apply mm. when the kids, when our kids were, um, born, we didn't apply for their sort of American citizenship. Um, cause at the time we didn't think we need it, mm. <laughs> um, but then we got an opportunity <laughs> to move. Um, so I went through that visa process and there is this, there, there was this element, this like, I think it was about three months of hearing nothing. Oh. And you're like, can I go? Can I stay? Can I, am I allowed, you know, is, is my wife going to be stuck over there without us? Is it, you know, and it's just that, that the stress alone. I mean, I can't, it's, it's probably minuscule compared to what other people have felt if they've been here for many years. And, and, mm. you know, I was a new person going to a new country. So I was going through that system, but that mm. that stress alone was just awful mm. like it was Crazy. like it's just trying to keep my kids like heads up and everything and they i mean they they were so young at the time five and three so mm. you know they they probably barely remember any of it but it like going to the embassy in london and being questioned about why 
and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's just yeah. like you feel like kind of like a criminal, but you're yeah. like, you're not. That's exactly <laughs> it. They, they they mean that when my dad was going through the process, they were just digging everything up. It's yeah. just like you know, looking into every little small detail of of what was his life in the UK, and it's just like yeah. So I mean, it was just seemed like a topic. I mean, when I wrote it, uh, we, we, that was written before the pandemic, it was probably over a year ago. And it was like, it kind of, that was the more focus was the whole Brexit thing. Yeah. More of the <laughs> the news, you know, how the news works. You oh, yeah. Focus on the scenario. <laughs> um, I wrote that a year ago, but I mean, a lot of the stuff, this is what I was saying to Justin the other day, it's, 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 it's quite crazy, really, because a lot of the stuff we've written, and there's other songs we've written, that hold still the same amount of relevance now that they did year and a half or a year ago, which shows how little progress we've made as a country, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's just my opinion. But yeah. I mean even even like yeah. this there's this like um it's towards the end of the song where it's like you you're saying you're listing out basically, you know, teachers, they're sending them back, they're sending them back and yeah. all that kind of yeah. and it kind of resonates to now in a totally different way. But that message mm. is like that you know, you're in the education system, they're sending the teachers well, the kids back into school. They're sending yeah. people back yeah. to work. And, and and even though this, like, the pandemic isn't over, they're still, like, I took my eldest today to college and and she, mm. just for the testing, so for the float, yeah. you know. And, um, you know, and then she finds out at some point today <laughs> the result of said test. And then she goes back into college tomorrow and starts going back there from doing homeschooling. I've got two younger kids, 13 and um, 12, who've mm. got to do the same in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. and it's just yeah it just feels like that, that 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 particular like when i heard that the first time i was like i wonder, I wonder if that was what he meant by it <laughs> um, so, but then i listened to the whole song this is the whole yeah. song and i can hear the other bits in there as well but it's just yeah. like that bit there was just like yeah fucking it they're sending everyone back um, mm. <laughs> but then it obviously it's, it's totally about something else they're saying i'll move back to their countries yeah. um which is, it's, yeah, I mean, it's just, it does work on, on so many levels on that front. Mm. Quite fortunate. I mean, during the lockdown, I've been quite fortunate to speak to a lot of artists as well. And, and mm. like some of their stuff was written during, recorded during or after or before. You know, some people have held on to their music for like two years. And now they're just like, mm. I've got to get out because we've got like another album. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just, it's just like, you know, listening to, to what people have produced during this time is you know it, it like when we say it comes from beforehand it just like you say it still works but mm. this whole world's been on pause pretty much for yeah you're right the yeah. last year so it's just kind of mm. you know trying to trying to make head nor tail of it but you've got um i'll tell you that's what the next single you got in may as well i've got i've got the notes yeah. on that you got the uh this ship is sinking um yeah, yeah what's that one what what what, what were your uh um thoughts on that one i suppose I mean, that was written. That was written. That was one of the first ones we we, we recorded. Um, <laughs> just frustration, just general frustration with the whole political system in the UK, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, I'm not some sort of revolutionary who's going to go out on the streets, and <laughs> but I see what I see, and it's like social yeah. commentary, and I and the things frustrate me. I'll, I'll write about it and I'll, I'll talk about it. Um, and again, I, I remember the distinct moment when I was sitting on a train back from work and there was just some fucking idiot just being so racist. It was just, oh, do you know it makes your blood boil? Yes. Um, so anyway, I was with, with someone and we just said, look, mate, this is just, this is totally ridiculous. Like, you just like, take whatever you want to say, keep your mouth shut and fuck off. 
kind of thing. Yeah. And then it was, it was, it was, I think he was drunk or whatever. And he just went off on one and you're just like, are you fucking serious? And he was just talking about just random stuff about people. Again, going back to their own country and all this kind of fucking nonsense. Yeah. And it's just like the blinkered view is that everyone's, these people are coming over here in their, you know, in their droves just to fucking, you know, um, what's the word that people say? You know, you know, leech off the government or bleeding yes. trials, taking our jobs, yeah. coming over here and taking our jobs. That's the classic. Yeah, that's the it? classic line. <laughs> like, oh, are they? All oh, right, okay. Um, but actually, you know, it, we're, we're this kind of melting pot of, of cultures. It's beautiful. The country we live in is brilliant because we have so many different cultures and beliefs and backgrounds that we should be embracing that. Yeah. Um, uh, and if people want to come over here for a better life and they're leaving something that has been. You know, some 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 things are harrowing. You know, I work with students who have gone through some harrowing stuff to get to get to this country for a better life, and I just wish people would like feel that kind of more more love and respect for people who are coming yeah. over and trying to make something of themselves. Yeah, they don't they don't they don't tell people that. You get occasional like you'll get a movie, feel good movie or something, come out yeah. or a TV show or something, and then and people are oh, great. You know, Slumdog Millionaire. I think it was like a, one of those ones, and it was just like highlighting certain things and it's just like there's so much more like there are people that 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 have like even when i was going over to like to use my own experience going over to the states it is, there is that kind of like you know you do get even though i was i'm english i'm white <laughs> you know generally you should be all right but you know there was that kind of like you know constant checking if you got a visa you got a green card yeah. or you know and yeah. stuff like that and, and and making sure that i was doing something or had the correct paperwork for stuff or was you know supposed to be there or i was doing something that others couldn't you know that kind of mm. like mm. and it's just not through the work i was you know not through the company that i was working for because the company i worked for was quite diverse so mm-hmm. you know it's not um they don't they don't they don't they don't discriminate basically against you know they'll, they'll hire me in as long as i had the obviously green card and stuff because there are mm. laws but just sort of like being checked up on and and whenever i sort of like I know just it just you get that weird feeling like why are you here but I was in the kind of like <laughs> South America and, and it's like but it, like Florida it's 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 full of British tourists and stuff so mm-hmm. you know there is that but I'm not I'm not sort of you know I, I made myself all right so I'm not gonna I can't complain too much of course on that one yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just I just think um I think people forget and when they lead off on one, I, you hear, you, you still hear it. It's, it's people, you still hear people just coming out with some awful shit. Oh, totally. Other, and it's just like people forget that, and that's why I put that bit, that line at the end of the song: "We're an island surrounded by the sea, built by hands from a foreign land." Yeah. Because people forget the contribution that these people, that all of these people from all different walks of life make to to make this country what it is. Yeah. And it's it's not it, it's there's no kind of purity to it because they have this like people who go, oh, yeah, bloody, I'm purely this, I'm purely... You're not because You're not. Like, if you look back over history, you look back over time and trace your ancestry, I'm sure you'll find lots of different, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, nations there. And it's just like, I just think people start and it starts start to stop being so blinkered and start appreciating the fact that everyone is contributing in their own way and in the way they can of course there's going to be people taking advantage that isn't just because they're from a different country no <laughs> it's just no. going to be people <laughs> who are supposedly it's, do you know what i mean and it's like you have to realize that 
the way that everything can kind of improve is that everyone has that mutual love and respect for each other. And I don't want to sound really hippie about it, um, but there's nothing wrong with, you know, having love for your fellow human being. No, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I've got a couple more questions for you, man, if that's all right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Time for that. Um, but what, yeah. what I want to touch on um, is, obviously, you've already mentioned it. You've got your own label, um, the uh, Undead uh, Collective. Um, yep. And you've had that for quite a while, but you're just about to start your own um, clothing line. Yeah. Is that... Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm I'm donning it right now. Yeah, I was say um, wearing it. That's good. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I just wanted if you wanted to have a quick chat about that because it's it's quite a um, a jump. I mean, I've I, I've chatted to a couple of bands that are kind of some are contemplating it, some are actually doing it, um, mm. like coming up with fashion lines or whatever and everything like that. So, what was the sort of like um, the impetus behind that? What, the, the label to start with, or um, yeah, let's go with the line. label. Let's go with the label first. The label, yeah, yeah. Um, so we set the label up in 2017 when we released um, an EP with Bright Light City. We just kind of wanted to get it out. Mm. Um, we wanted to have have it in the shops. Um, so looking at distribution deals and stuff, I just said to to, to Justin and Ben, who helped run the label as well. Um, I was like, this is before we started it. I was like, well, how do you fancy just set up a record label? I mean, I've always fancied that epitaph discord sub pop mentality where it, yeah. it obviously starts off as a diy just build a scene with bands sign the bands you love yeah uh, and try and give them a platform um to to get noticed get seen or spread their message or get the music out there um and i've always been and justin's the same i've always been someone who just thought why not just take a risk like send out that email ask that person all they can say is no so we got together a little plan Another name, obviously, yep. <laughs> which is Undead Collective. Um, uh, and we got together a little plan and um, put together like an email template. And I said to Justin, like, who are we going to send these to? Because we want to get a decent distribution deal where it's kind of encompassing sync, sync deals as well, maybe yep. some publishing involved. So really, we want to look at a major distributor, a major player in the industry that we can keep our own integrity, but they can obviously give us their resources, which is a win-win, really. Yeah. So we sent out all these emails and we went, it was like all the, all the places you could think of. And then there was a, back in the, four years ago, it was called um, Sony Red Essential. Remember Red Essential? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was owned by Sony. Um, and there's quite a few bands that we knew we liked that were quite well known, but were going through Sony Red Essential as a distributor, but keeping a lot of their um, work for, for themselves in a sense. Um, and Sony were taking like a percentage yeah. cut for that distribution but nowhere near as big as it would be if you sign a major label deal or whatever. Anyway, yeah. I emailed them. I thought, oh, I'm going to get anything back. We're just like, a, we haven't even got anything out yet, you know? So I emailed the concept and was just honest. I think people are taken a bit aback in the music industry by people who are not only honest, but I like to think we're nice guys too. Yeah. So it's like, you be yourselves, be nice, be honest, and, and hopefully, you know, it might resonate and people go, oh, hang on a minute, maybe we can take a risk and it ended up coming back that a guy called Alex Berry who's awesome he works at Sony Red and it's now called The Orchard yep. so Sony bought The Orchard distribution went over there but Alex emailed back and said look guys I get one chance I think he said every year to take on an independent label onto The Orchard's distribution roster um, and I'd like to give you that opportunity which is amazing so that gave us that kind of, kind of first step going all right, now we're actually a label. <laughs> now, we've got to, now we've got to do something. Yeah. So the first thing was our Bright Light City EP, which we invested 
in the vinyl pressing. Yeah. Um, we invested in um, in all the other bits and bobs as well because you could. There was an option where you could take investment, but we didn't want to. Yeah. Do it all ourselves. Um, released that, got it in the shops. So it was really good. I think it charted. It was really great. Like kind of um, chewed us up a bit, got us really into kind of signing more bands that we played with. So like fast forwards, you know, four years now, we've got a really nice roster of bands that we've met, just playing gigs really, but yeah. also bands that we gig with over the years who are really talented and just amazing gut people and musicians, but never given that chance. You when you hear a good song, you hear a good band, you're like, oh man, I wish they could get that platform. Yeah. So we try and give them that platform by getting the distribution through through the orchard via the label, but as well as having sync opportunities as well. So computer games, TV, films, yes. people don't yeah. know who sync, what sync is. Um, and then, yeah, it's, um, we got to the point where every band on the label gets paid their money they make. We don't take any money. Um, because what's the point? Because if you're talking about streaming, yeah, 10,000 streams is like 60 quid. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> why would I sit there? Why do we want to sit there and take, you know, take this money off the bands when actually it could go back into them. They can have that money and, and reinvest it if they want to and stuff that they might want to buy a short run of lathe cut finals, for example, which yeah. is quite quite well priced at the moment um but then we wanted to offer a little bit more that we than we could but we haven't got the finances so again i said to justin and ben i was like look what we'd like there's a there's a site i know that does all the full it does the fulfillment for you uh you make a small percentage from the sales of this is, this is about the clothing line by yes. the way you yeah. make a small percentage of the sales from your t-shirts we've got tons of designs done by a guy called tommings who's awesome mm. but we've never used them i was like well, why don't we just talk to tommings see if we can buy the designs so we have the, the rights to them which is yeah. fine with anyway uh and then just set up a, a clothing line of like some cool t-shirts and prints that people can buy if they want and then any money we make from that will build up into a pot and then we'll Say the next band we're releasing is Springfall C, we're a great band. We might want to get some seven inches done. Yeah. Now we can afford seven inch vinyls because we've made some money from the do you see what I mean? So yeah. that's how we can sell how we can self finance. So that's the that's the clothing line thing. And it's done it's done really well, you know. A lot of people have, have bought stuff and it's been nice to have it there as an extra bit of income for to put back into the label rather than our own money. Yeah. Because otherwise you get you get stuck in that trap where I think, I mean, the Brighter City at LP was a perfect example. <laughs> I mean, I was like all guns, you know, got guns blazing with it. Oh, I'll get a credit card. I'll get the vinyls done. We'll get the t-shirts done. We'll get the CDs done. Man, that credit card has been paid off yet. <laughs> Nowhere near being paid off yet. Yeah. Um, I, I'm there. <laughs> it's, all, it's, all, it's all experience, you know? It is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Totally. You know, I, I, I've, yeah, we, you, it it resonates so much like from back when i was um yeah i'm still paying off a portion of 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 what was borrowed back then because uh, yeah. we went the same route i mean our first one we had a distro deal um but it was through cool, like a cool indie label at the time uh copro or casket was the oh, yeah, I remember. I remember yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah um and then the second one we actually got we got signed to a label called anti-culture Okay. Um, but there was that again. It was just like it was mainly distribution. There was no money in it or anything. They paid for yeah. manufacturing, but that was it. Um, and then the third one, we 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 made our own label and and did it ourselves. Um, hmm. And and yeah, it, it felt a lot more rewarding, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Uh, we got like a little Definitely. like distro deal through. Um, I think it was Plastic Head. Actually, it wasn't hmm. great, but it got us into where we needed to be. Um, hmm. 
and yeah no it's it's, it's like just hearing like you know if it, I, we, I don't think we had the thing to do a fashion line or anything <laughs> so we were that kind, of, kind of none of us were into that sort of stuff but it was just um yeah. you know it, it, it's 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 nice to hear that people are still doing it this way and and kind of adapting to the um uh, the industry as it changes, whether it's changing, you know, like with the streaming stuff, it's it's kind of like technology went ahead of a lot of what was sort of like considered industry standard. And I yeah. think that's why there's not that much money in it because these companies have kind of overtake, they overtook the, well, it took a while for the industry to catch up to them. So it became, yeah. it, it, by that point, it became major platforms for music distribution. So the money isn't great because they couldn't negotiate that no exactly that high yeah. up so i'm hoping it will change i mean you know i work for a company that owned one of the streaming services um you know they pay a little bit more than the others but still not enough mm. <laughs> but it's you know i do hope that they change and it becomes more profitable for bands to to have their music streamed because it's it's still playing it out you know it's like you know you get prs payments if you get if you're lucky to get played on the radio or in a club or whatever you know Mm. you get those prs payments whereas with streaming it's kind of it's nowhere near it's like prs are nowhere near it (laughs) that's the thing isn't it do you know what i saw a shift recently just from like an an industry point of view when i talk about my friend who's a rapper who just got in the charts Mm. i mean and and a lot of um that scene itself like the grime and rap scene um I followed it for quite a long time now, just because I have friends in that that genre, yeah. um, and they're really, really clever. A lot of a lot of the, the guys in that scene are really, really clever at pushing the iTunes link rather than the Spotify and the Apple link, because because obviously you know that that iTunes link is four or five pound ninety nine for the album. Yeah. That's instant. Whereas the streaming really doesn't com- compute compute really to much at all. But also that iTunes link is this equivalent generation of six hundred streams or whatever it is. If you yeah. sell that four ninety nine product, so you you'll see a resurgence now, in the, in, especially in the official charts, which you would never see before, of a lot of grime artists and rappers coming up who are very who, who are independent, yep. but pushing and being very clever about what they push um, to 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 get the music out there. Um, the only I mean I don't have anything against uh, just, just like as a back to what I said earlier, I don't have anything in streaming. <laughs> as I said to you, I, I, yeah. the, the the concept is great. Yes, but but what I worry about is I see bands paying to get put onto playlists. That worries me. Yes, what I mean, they're paying more than they'll earn back from being on that playlist. It doesn't make much sense to me. No. I don't know. I think that needs to be called out a little bit. Yeah, do, do you know what um, I mean? That's something that I've I've like. I've noticed as well, like I've got my own playlist that I publish um, mm. and it is music that no one pays to get on it, mm. <laughs> you know, and it is listened to. It's not like it's a, you know, um, it's just like, you know, a private playlist or whatever. It's a public one, yeah. but um, no, I put, I put bands on that and like, and I've noticed I've seen like, it's like the, um, cause I've got friends in the sort of like PR game that are very like good for, you know, they love pushing new bands mm. um, and they're saying like reaction videos, they're getting like approached from people to do reaction videos. They'll yeah, react yeah. to your music for like two grand. I'm like, why? <laughs> why, why, why pay for that? It's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. And like, because like... like if you're paying for that reaction, then it's it's got to be a fake reaction. Yeah, it might get a few hits off this person, but you know, I, I get people want to make money, but there's just these areas like a playlist is like 
that's like the mixtape used to make people the mix cd yeah you know that's yeah. that's how i see it and that's how i've like gone to accept it over the years because i'm like the mp3 was like because you're not owning anything there's nothing there. it's a digital file it's like you know i love physical mm. product um but then you know over the justifying in my head and, and all that because i kind of when i was about it, it was like at the advent of people pirating like yeah. from torrent sites rather than yeah. you know copying your cd to a tape or whatever copying it to on the cd um and it it's sort of like having that now i like i kind of like i remember the years of like having cds in my pocket and a cd player or a tape you know walkman <laughs> and and making like spending all day making a tape and now i've got you know on my phone i've got all the songs that i want i've got a playlist mm-hmm. that you know and i can share this playlist with other people you know, and that's what I do. Um, actually, you guys are on it this week. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's just something like you know, like seeing that side of things where people are trying to pay or you know trying to get money to be on these playlists because they've suddenly become this like famous and or you know popular on that mm. front. And it's just you know now that you can look at these playlists, you don't discover anything. It's so disingenuous, though. It's just like you look at it and you think. And that's why, I mean, really, I can't stand the whole Spotify wrapped nonsense as well. That really does my nutting. <laughs> I just, just because I don't really, it's like, it's like Justin like, sums it up really well. I think he says, like, it's like bringing, like, a certificate home from school and showing your mum and saying, look, this is how well I've done kind of thing. <laughs> or it's like, do you know what I mean? Or it's like, you know, uh, it's, it's showing everyone your pay slip. Yeah. It's like, it's, but it's just pretty minimal. <laughs> your pay slip is like... Yeah, compared to, like, you see, like, a big bandit, you're like, ah. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's nice to be it's nice to be proud of um, achievements. But when it comes to stuff like the amount of streams you've got, I really don't care. I like, yeah. it doesn't. It, 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 so what? Yeah, you know what I mean, it's as long as people hear your music. That's all it exactly. is. Exactly. You know, and, exactly. and they'll find yeah. you if they want something. They'll find yeah. you. Um, and finally, you've got um, a podcast as well. Yeah, I mean you're on one right now, but you got you <laughs> yeah. got a podcast going as well. It's called On Repeat. Um, I yeah. haven't listened to it yet. Um, but do you want to give us a sort of bit on that as well? Just sort of like, you know, a yeah. bit of plug-in. I don't mind a bit of plug-in on it. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so what, what made you um, set up a podcast? Um, it was initially an idea just in a pub. We always like, before gigs or whatever, like, you know, that, that, that period after soundcheck is just like yeah. fucking tedious. Yes. So we just sit there and we just, just talk music and it wouldn't just be stuff we're listening to today. It'd be like, I oh, remember that track you used to listen to when you were younger. Like, um, do you remember when you were in primary school and like whatever it's the 90s and there was that song that was really popular at the school disco and, and you, you think about all these senses and smells and stuff you yeah. know um, and um, we thought hey, let's, just, let's do a podcast so we just did we just did one episode to start with um, and it was basically about I think it's the first the first single we, we'd ever bought when we were younger oh nice like, um, so it was like I mean it wasn't it wasn't very I think Justin was the only person <laughs> Throughout the whole of the On Repeat podcast, who has the best taste in music up until, you know, we start growing up a bit as well. He's, he's, just a, he's a little bit older than us. So, like, some of ours was like, you know, like, I don't know, Michael Jackson single or um, I think it was like an E17. I don't know, something funny. Just something yeah. just, we, we talk about it and the feelings it would evoke when you're younger and then you, you base it together with stuff at the time, you know, sweets you're eating, crisps, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And encompassing stuff. And the whole point is, you know, you listen to that on repeat. And then we got into the more swing of things with it where we started talking about favorite um albums that you bought favorite 
Nirvana album specifically, favorite yeah. Pearl Jam. Uh, we did a whole grunge episode. We've done a punk episode. We're about to do, release a post-hardcore episode. So we're talking about US post-hardcore and UK post-hardcore. Nice. And everything encompassing that. Um, so, yeah, just like, you know, cool. a bit of a chat between friends, having a few beers, always overruns. Yeah. Never very professional. Nah, that's, that's the way <laughs> of the podcast, man. That's uh, <laughs> the way it goes. But, I mean, this leads me perfectly on to my sort of last questions because um, it's music related and it's more about that um, but what I want to know from you is your three most pivotal albums so the the album like for instance that made you want to be in a band or made you want to sing um, you know or you know just a, just a, an album you heard and it shifted you at that time or it just totally like you had that mind blowing moment um, I'll always go back to Deftones White Pony nice um I was, I was listening to other bands around that time anyway. Um, was that 2000, maybe? It was 2000, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that that album... I mean, it's between that uh, and, and Glassjaw, but I'll go with Deftones just because they, they managed to keep that consistency. Um, and I think they broke away from that the, from the new metal label really quite, quite in a very mature way. Yes. I don't know why... I actually don't know why they were lumped into that label. They, they really, really developed... Yeah. As a band, but White Pony, man, that album is amazing. I mean, I saw them on the White Pony tour. It yep. was um, Deftones, Lincoln Park, I think Taproot. Yep. And then, and, you know, as soon as Chino came out, I was like, geez. I mean, I was in the band already then, but it shifted what I wanted to do. I was playing bass. Was that Docklands, yeah. that gig? Uh, yes, it would have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was there been. too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ta- Taproot, Lincoln Park, and Deftones, yes. from what I remember. Um, it just blew my mind. Um, yeah, so it made me want to switch just to being a singer. I don't play instruments live, I just sing. Yeah. yeah. That, that album. What can you say? No, it's, I mean, it's amazing. I'd like, it, it, it baffled me last year because it turned 20 and they released uh, um, basically the, the 20th anniversary, uh, anniversary version. Um, mm. And I was just like, oh my God, 20 years from that I album. I mean, I'm, a bit, I'm obviously a bit older than you, but I remember like seeing Deftones in like 96. Mm. Um, at the Astoria and, and wow. yeah just like <laughs> that's my brag um, <laughs> it's good it's um, a good brag it's a good brag it's, I saw him a couple of times there one with Far which was great oh wow and then yeah, the other yeah, one yeah. with Will Haven uh, which oh, was so great yeah. so um, brilliant but yeah no Deftones are a massive band for me and you're right they moved away I think initially because they were lumped in with that because they were part of that movement that came over with the likes of Korn mm. and all that kind of stuff that really kind of shifted that or started that new metal side of things and their look as well they had that skater kid look that the rest of them kind of had um and they had a similar setup to a lot of bands but yeah they they totally they just evolved and and became their own thing like like shifting that new metal kind of like tag is really difficult Mm. you either embrace it or you fight against it and they didn't really do anything they just kind of like well this is the music we want to do and 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 they just took that and made it kind of gave, gave it gave like that new metal a prog element if you will <laughs> yeah well see, you're right i think i think maybe as well i was chatting to justin about this other day I, I, I think i think terry date played a big part in in, oh. in shaping shaping the way they are yeah um it's very unique their sound it yeah. is really i mean his singing style is very unique it borderlines will make you feel a bit uncomfortable when he's reaching for certain notes but then he gets there and it's just like i, I just think you know Everything about that album, White Pony, is just yeah. I mean, uh, um, 
Maynard's on it as well, isn't he? So he is, yeah. Like, the passenger. Yeah. Passenger, yeah. Nah, that's great. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> How about some others? Um, okay, so one I used to steal from Justin all the time was Pearl Jam 10. Nice. Um, he used to have the cassette tape and he used to nick it from him. <laughs> um, again, another band I love. I really love Pearl Jam. Just a band I saw... Um, again, around the same time I saw Deftones in 2000, I think it was Wembley they played. Went to yeah. Justin bought me tickets for two nights then. And I just think they're a great band. Yeah, I just, I just really, I really like the songwriting. Um, I mean, I mean, their mom might really with people, but it's just that kind of thing. That connection I had, always hearing it being played in Justin's room, and hearing his voice and his very unique voice again. I was yeah, like, what is that? It's kind of. Um, and then the other album, it's it's a really tricky one because. There are a lot of there are a lot of albums that I hark back to and think that would have been a massive like you know, in in Utero Nirvana would have been something that I would have nicked from Justin as well. But that wasn't wasn't of my time. That was something that's yeah way way before me. But something of my time um, that I used to love was Silverchair Neon Ballroom. Oh wow, <laughs> nice. Yeah, that was a cool album. Um, that was when I saw and I heard like the, the you could have like a heavier guitar sound occasionally with orchestral stuff. Well, that was quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's a that, that's some good choice. I mean, White Pony, amazing. Pearl Jam Ten again, that's an amazing album. And Silverchair, yeah. Neon Ballroom, that was that I haven't heard that in a long time. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to go. Back I listened to it and... recently, actually. How first time I listened, this is the first time I listened to it in about ten years. Yeah, and as soon as I put it on, and, and that Emotion Sickness song plays, like, dun, 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 yeah, like, it's just great. It's just amazing. It's just great songwriting. I'm um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, give back. it a spin. Yeah, I have to give it a spin. I like this is this is why I ask this question. Like when I have people on, because there's always albums that I either haven't heard before or haven't mm. heard in so long, mm. um, and it's just ones I've forgotten about. You know that I may have stumbled on again if I go through my CDs or whatever, or you know. Exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm gonna have to go dig that one out if find out and put that on. Um, <laughs> so um, finally, um, what uh, what hobbies do you have away from music? So when you're not doing the label, you're not doing um, stay asleep or anything like that. What 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 other things you get up to? Um, when the weather's good, I do a lot of skating. Um, not skateboarding. I do like aggressive skating, inline skating. I know. I like ramps. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing that. I've been doing that since I was like a teenager. And I recently, like, well, I recently, in the past five years, got back into it. It's good to keep fit. And I quite enjoy it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the only way I can keep fit is just get my skates on and go for a, go for a skate about. So I do that. Um, nothing much else. I've got a young family. So nice. spend time with my kids. Um, yeah just enjoying life really i think you get to a point where you just want to have have, have, have yeah. fun and enjoy life and when you have kids like you know it just changes your perspective slightly it does it does yeah. very much so yeah. but no, I, used to, I used to skate a lot um not in lines but the four befores um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i used to play uh, a, a sport called roller hockey when i was younger oh yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. um yeah i used to go to like when we have tournaments and stuff some of them were like south skate park or whatever yeah, yeah. Ring there, but then Brilliant. like between games I go out on the ramps to the lament of my manager <laughs> at the time it was like don't fucking injure yourself yeah. <laughs> there's me dropping off these big half pipes and everything oh, um, it's good fun though isn't it oh totally totally I, I got back into yeah. skating um, like again, back to the states um, but they've got like skating rinks there still oh amazing and yeah, and, um, yeah I, I didn't have my skates or anything when my kids had a, a school night there uh, at the one nearest to us and um yeah, my mum ended up uh, 
packaging up my old skates and sending them over to me because I was using like the in-house <laughs> skates. And um, Brilliant. yeah, no, I've got, I've got like when we come back here, there's like a, a local place that did have um, up until the pandemic that had like mm. a regular day of coming in and skating and stuff. And yeah, it's just good fun oh, nice. to do. You know, it's just yeah, I, I love definitely. doing that. That's great. It's uh, yeah. yeah, and it does it does keep you fit. Surprisingly, you know, you maybe oh, just man. like like rolling around but you are Crazy. using a lot of first time i got back on skates i did i forgot how much of my body i actually use so balance yeah. was one thing you know trying to yeah. remain up on your feet saying yeah i'm a really good skater when i was young i've got like certificates <laughs> to like skating certificates you know like yeah. level five skate whatever it was and um you know and i was, I was like a you know an amateur hockey player whatever it was and you know played for you know county and country and whatever mm. and i get mm. on the skates and i'm like fucking <laughs> like trying to stay on my feet it's always away yeah. always away I bet- you forget i mean especially on ramps like i went I, I only really started properly getting back into it was at the start of the first lockdown yeah i had my old pair um at a skate park nearby i thought i was give it a go because i'm not getting out and about i need to do some exercise i hate like running and whatever yeah so i'll go, go on my skates and i'm like it's so tiring yeah <laughs> I don't know, I do it. And I'm, just, I'm scared of everything like when i was 15 16 don't care drop into the vert yeah. you know try all these but now you know i'm older i'm just like i can't i'm, I'm scared to, 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 it takes me about 20 minutes to commit to something yes yeah you sit <laughs> at the top of the ramp just my... looking down there's people Love watching it. you like what's he gonna do what's he gonna do <laughs> <laughs> Very good. that's crazy well um jamie thank you very much man i, I appreciate well, your time you. um and uh yeah good luck with everything on that front i'll be listening i'll be watching um i'll be playing your stuff on on total rock as well brilliant so um we'll get we'll get some uh, airplay out of that for you and uh yeah no thank you for doing this i really appreciate your time and everything it's been thanks for having me really yeah no seriously keep supporting new music like you do because we need more like you we really do definitely i will i will continue to do what i do on that front it's been i've actually been trying to get you guys in for a while as well like back when you're bright light um because mm. i saw you at the westie uh it's the first time i That's saw right. you guys and it was just like me and me and my my, my wife were just like fucking good really funny <laughs> <laughs> um oh, she's nice got you. yeah she's got an undead collective t-shirt out of it and everything so that's all good oh brilliant um, <laughs> well the original the original stuff as well yeah you keep that <laughs> yeah yeah it's the one with the like zombie f- on the front oh um, yeah that's that's the that's the very first pressing as well oh nice i don't have one of those <laughs> oh, yeah no she st- still wears it she loves it she lo- i mean she's oh, loving brilliant. to stay asleep as well i played it to her and she's like, oh, oh brilliant just, you know you. realizing who it was and it's just like nice and i said i've got you coming on she's like oh cool so so i like them so she likes them they say she likes them that's all we need need. (laughs) awesome well i mean i look forward to seeing you guys live again um once once we're everything's back open and gigs are back on we'll see you guys um hopefully i mean you're in the same area as us so you'll be playing locally (laughs) um exactly on that front but um yeah like i say good luck with everything and um yeah thank you again thanks very much thank you mate have a good one you too. See you later. Bye-bye.